Bitcoin's gotten volatile again. What does that mean for the potential use and the inclusion of a Bitcoin ETF into the growing asset class? Dave Nadek is back with us, Director of Research at ETF Trends. Dave, good morning. Hey, these applications just like keep coming in for Bitcoin <laughs> ETFs, but are any of them getting through? Well, none of them gotten through yet, and the SEC has definitely been dragging its feet on this for quite some time. I think people were pretty excited when Gary Gensler was coming in as the new head of the SEC because he's maybe not a crypto bull, but he's certainly a crypto knowledge base, right? He used to teach cryptocurrencies at MIT in his brief stint of not being a regulator. So I think we were all very excited. However, in the last couple of weeks, they've really put the brakes on. So we've got nine current filings. They're all sort of in the queue, my expectation is we'll get some guidance from the SEC on what they want to see in a real Bitcoin ETF. That'll probably come sometime this summer. There'll be a period of refiling and then things will be out the door. That's how we've seen a couple of other really innovative structures like non-transparent active ETFs come to market. I don't see any reason to think we wouldn't get the same thing here. Dave, what do you mean by what uh, the SEC might like to see in a Bitcoin ETF? I mean, now that we have like uh, I don't know how many of these things are sitting around, but it's a pretty big number, right? At least high double digits at this point. Uh, have they not sort of iterated every form of what this could look like by now? Well, we've got, I mean, the, the short answer is obviously not enough. Uh, you know, I think the launch of the fund in Canada, uh, you know, BTCC, I think that really has moved the needle. That's been a very effective structure. The way ETFs work in Canada is very similar to how they work here in the U.S. That fund's been doing just fine, hasn't had any issues whatsoever with the volatility. So it can't just be that it's a volatile asset class. My suspicion is what they're really looking for is a little bit more in the, in the realm of trade forensics to be able to track down how big movements are happening in the underlying so that they can feel confident that the ETF is not going to be manipulated in the sense that its price is going to be determined by folks in the crypto market that might be manipulating. So it's hacking, it's volatility, it's liquidity. That used to be a big concern less now. Uh, it's making sure that there's a solid valuation mechanism that everybody agrees on. I think those are really the key things. So with the Canadian ETF, is it like a, a matter of time in which that thing, if it doesn't uh, do something weird or if something bizarre doesn't happen or if, uh, you know, Bitcoin doesn't disappear? I mean, if it is fine, then does the SEC kind of eventually have to say, all right, OK, I guess we can look at this? Or is there any kind of precedent for the, uh, the two uh, uh, being at odds in this way? Well, usually what we see is something happens first in Canada and then it happens in right, the US. Like so much so that in, in other in other ETF issuers, people have used Toronto as sort of a stocking horse. I mean, Vanguard launched their first sector in ESG funds in Canada before they launched them here for precisely that reason. So they don't have to, there's no reason that this would force the SEC's hand, uh, but it certainly puts pressure on them to do something. And this is a smart industry. Issuers are gonna find ways around this lack of approval. We saw launched just this week from Simplify uh, SPBC, which is their uh, US equity plus grayscale GBTC ETF. They put them both together, use a little bit of leverage. So you get exposure, 100% exposure to the S&P and 10 to 15% exposure to Bitcoin through GBTC. Let's face it, that's a hack. It's a good hack. I think it's actually very effective for a lot of investors who want a rebalanced allocation into Bitcoin. 
But we all know the problems with GBTC and the premiums and discounts there. We're going to continue to see more and more com complex products getting around this issue until the SEC just gives us a straightforward ETF. Mm. All right. Now, the kind of uh, Splenda uh, uh, option right now, since we can't get the straight sugar, uh, is the blockchain ETF. So we talked with the team at BitQ, uh, with Matt Hogan on the show, looking at uh, the launch of that fund. Uh, pretty, uh, very specific. I mean, it seems like along the lines of maybe like a BLOK, the most uh, comparable. Yeah, so we've got those. We've got them on the screen. Those are the three ways you can get access to crypto equities. I guess we're calling them now. Uh, BITQ, who you had on the show. Uh, the good thing there, very pure play. You're going to get IPOs basically the day that they launch. You'll get that high volatility, high intensity exposure to these crypto companies. Downside, little too expensive for my taste. DAP and Block, the other two kids on the block here. Pardon the pun. Um, they're really a little bit more staid, if you can even say that about this sector. They're a little more cautious when IPOs come in. They don't have to be pure plays the same way BITQ does. So if what you're looking for is a maximum correlation to the movement in, in Bitcoin and Ether and the other major cryptos, BITQ is probably your best bet. If you're looking for a longer term, maybe a little bit more equity-like exposure to sort of get your feet wet, I think something like DAP or Block probably makes sense too. Okay, so the um, mirroring Bitcoin action, I mean, obviously these things are not gonna do it perfectly. Uh, BitQ pretty new on the block, so we don't have a lot of uh, evidence there just yet. But I mean, looking at how Block has traded the chart of that, generally ups and downs, it's quite similar to BTC. Um, so I, I guess uh, it accomplishes some of that exposure in a, in a certain way, uh, some of these ETFs? Yeah, absolutely. Now, what you're definitely not going to get is those crazy over weekend and overnight volatility moves because you're investing in equities. For most investors, I think that's probably a feature, not a bug. But you're right. You're going to get these high correlation moves pretty much in any one of these ETFs. Like I said, BITQ probably giving you the highest concentration moves. Um, if you want the more direct exposure, something like the new SPBC is going to be there for you as well. Remember, there's a, there's a significant rebalancing issue about putting something this volatile in a portfolio context, right? If Bitcoin goes up 100%, you need to have a way and a process for rebalancing that down unless you're just gonna let everything ride. Okay. Hey, uh, what do you see right now, Dave, in terms of how flows are moving uh, with the latest Bitcoin swoon? I mean, are these uh, steady static uh, flows? Are traders using these ETFs a lot? Uh, how are they doing in terms of interest? They've been doing great. Now, we did have a little bit of a pullback sort of globally in some of the, the pure Bitcoin ETFs that exist in the rest of the world. These funds have been fine collecting assets. And in general, we're in one of the biggest bull markets for ETF flows we've ever seen, right? We're on track to have close to a trillion dollars in net inflows this year, a ton of it in equity. Investors have really voted with their pocketbooks and ETFs are winning the day. Okay. So the Canadian one is doing okay so far, even with the big blow up in, in Bitcoin. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there's never going to be outflows, but I'm just saying investors are sticking to their knitting here. I think a lot of what we saw in the price action in Bitcoin, as you guys have covered, that's been minor liquidations. Uh, it's been a little bit of retail, but that's not, for the most part, what these are getting used for. There's a lot of advisor allocations to these sort of equity-like structures. Okay. All right, Dave, thanks for the update. Good stuff. Dave Nanning joining us, director at ETF Trends of Research.